Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome back. Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, your host, and uh, we have been talking this month about dieting. And there's so many thoughts out there about dieting. Everybody seems to be on a diet all the time, whether they need it or not. And I wanted to take some healthcare professionals who specialize in dieting and eating and body image and and all that. And I wanted to bring them in to talk about how, what is the healthiest way to lose weight if you, if you really do need to lose weight. And then if you don't need to lose weight, you know, what's the way to Uh, look at yourself in a healthy way. So today I am very, very excited to introduce uh, the dietitian uh, that is at Mana Treatment with me. Her name is Sarah Elmer. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Hi. Um, So excited that you could come on. I know that you have a lot of knowledge, a lot of history with lots of different kinds of clients. And just tell us a little bit about what you do at Mana Treatment. Yeah, so um, I see clients individually, so um, that looks like usually once a week we'll just talk individually about whatever their particular struggles are. Um, Usually we're working towards the goal of intuitive eating, and we start with a meal plan just to teach um, clients how to get to intuitive eating because I assume that if they could do that, they already would. Um, And then in addition to individual sessions, I do a nutrition group. So every week I teach um, on different nutrition topics. And then um, once a week I do a meal group as well. Fabulous. And our clients are so thankful for you and learn so much. Can you, um, can you tell us a little bit about what, what is intuitive eating? Most people don't even know what that is. Yeah, so intuitive eating is rather than eating with your head, which would be I can only eat a certain number of calories or a certain number of servings of this food or that food, um, intuitive eating would be listening to your body and using that as a guide for how much to eat and what to eat. So it's a combination of honoring what your body wants to eat um, with what you know that you need to eat for health. So you're saying when I'm craving a cheeseburger, it's okay to have a cheeseburger? Yes, everything in moderation. Oh, okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Like what... um, you're saying use your head and not, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I reversed that. Use your, your body and your bodily cues versus your head. Um, so what about those people that like to, that want to measure out their food? What are your yeah, thoughts? I, and I we're talking say- about, we're just talking about regular, normal, non-eating disordered people. Okay. And you're saying like measuring food on a daily basis? Yeah, like if they're on a diet and they're supposed to have three cups of whatever or one cup of whatever, like what are your thoughts about that kind of portioning for 
they're dieting? I would say in general, that's not something I recommend. Um, food is an important part of our lives and dieting may be, it may be necessary to lose weight, but it's just still one small part of our life. And so I don't think, so the less focus you have to have on that, the better. Um, and measuring regularly can be an added focus that can really interrupt your life because what happens if you go out to eat with some friends and you can't measure it? So, um, yeah, so I would say that measuring on a daily basis isn't particularly uh, a great approach. Um, I think it's okay once in a while to measure food if you're learning portion sizes. Um, but even then, it's just a guideline and not a rule. You can eat. If you happen to be more hungry because you're more active, maybe you want hiking earlier in the day, then it's better to honor that hunger because your body, it knows what it needs. Right. So tell us... Um... I know you and I spoke a little bit earlier. Tell us some things that you think absolutely are maybe some dieting myths that people should not do, exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, there are two myths that immediately come to mind. The first one is I have to burn off every single calorie that I eat through exercise. That is not true. So um, our body burns calories through three different ways. Uh, the first one would be basic metabolism. And so what that means is even if we were to be in the ICU and sleeping 24-7, our body is still burning calories. Um, whether it's, like if you think about it, there's a lot of stuff going in, going on inside of our body that we're not even aware of. So our heart um, is constantly beating. That requires energy. We're breathing, which means our chest is going up and down, which also requires energy. Our muscles are constantly updating themselves, which requires energy to update themselves and also the resources, the building materials to do so. And then our red blood cells and our white blood cells are constantly, they have a really short lifespan, like measured in weeks. And so um, our body's constantly having to rebuild cells, and that requires both building materials and energy to build them. And so all of that is going on without us even thinking about it, without us even intentionally doing anything. And so that all burns calories. So that's basic metabolism. Um, and then also through activities of daily living. So from the time we wake up in the morning, we roll over in bed, sit up in bed, go brush our teeth, then um, walk out to the car, and then walk into work. Uh, and then maybe while we're talking, we're using our hands, things like that. That all, um, just throughout our day, we're burning calories that way. And then also through exercise or intentional physical activities. So anything we do intentionally, whether it's going for a walk or participating in sports, that also burns calories. So, um, so there's two ways that you burn calories that aren't even intentional physical activity or exercise. And so, um, so it is not true that you have to burn off every single calorie that you eat through exercise. Even if you're in the ICU, um, hooked up to machines, unable to do anything but sleep, you would still need a certain amount of calories just to survive because our body's doing stuff. So that's, that's the first one. That's fabulous. And that's, I mean, actually, I have a question about um, people talk about metabolism all the time. Yeah. And I think it's a very uh, misunderstood process. Um, and so, you know, like I know that when you eat, your metabolism goes up. Correct? Yes. Well, um, your, your metabolism is kind of... Uh, it is what it is, but then you can alter your metabolism by, so um, extreme dieting 
which we can get to this later, is where, you know, where people go and they eat very little. Um, so there's some diets out there that say don't eat more than 700 calories a day or yeah. don't eat more than 500 calories a day. That, um, it actually is counterproductive because um, our body is super cool, super adaptable um, because it wants to survive. And so one of the things that it does, it doesn't distinguish whether a lack of food comes from a famine or from an intentional, oh, I want to lose weight. It's just like, okay, there's a lack of food. Let me take that into account. Um, it's not enough. So we've got to budget. And just like if there's not, if there's less money coming in, you have to figure out, okay, you have to prioritize things. And so one month, maybe you don't buy um, the chips that you like to have with your sandwich. And maybe you just go without that. It's not that those chips are like really excessive or luxurious. It's just that you have to prioritize. And so our body does the same thing with calories. If it's, if there's less calories coming in than it normally needs, then it um, it budgets those accordingly. So it'll prioritize like your brain and your heart over um, extra physical activity. And so what will happen is like you'll get um, without enough energy or without enough calories coming in, you tend to get sluggish um, and irritable and uh, tend to be less social too. And I think that's because um, when we're social and we're interacting with other people, we kind of want to do whatever they're doing so that may be like oh hey let's go to the park or um let's have a good conversation where we're really into it and talking and laughing and all of that and that all requires energy and so when we're not getting enough energy our body's kind of shutting all that down to preserve the calories and prioritize them for the heart and the brain and so in other words that's all um adjusting your metabolism lowering it to so that um, your calorie output is equal to your calorie input, which would help your body survive. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's amazing. Um, I know we're going to get into your another another myth, correct? Yes. Okay. I tell you what, we need to go ahead and take a commercial break, and so hang on. We'll be right back. Uh, for myth number two, myth buster number two with Sarah Elmer, registered and licensed dietitian. Are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home? Call my friend of 10 years, Francina Maloney. She can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her goal is to have you as a client for life. She will listen to you and find exactly what you are looking for. And as always, 10% of her gross commission goes to the MANA Fund. Thank you so much, Francina. You can call Francina at 7 770-861-3821. That's 770-861-3821. Hello, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, the founder and executive director of the MANA Scholarship Fund. MANA Fund was created in 2006 to help those with eating disorders get access to treatment. Our mission statement is to practically address the epidemic of eating disorders by providing prevention, education, research, and financial assistance for treatment to all qualified individuals through well-administered programs. People out there have difficulty with their eating and develop eating disorders 
years, and we are designed to help people who cannot get that treatment otherwise. So if you would like to sponsor this show or give a donation to the MANA Fund, please contact us through manafund.org. That is M-A-N-N-A fund.org or 770-495-9775. Thank you. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. Have you ever heard of Docmation? That is D-O-C-M-A-T-I-O-N, Docmation. I have been introduced to Docmation. And I love them. What they are doing is they are providing a Salesforce platform. And thanks to Salesforce, we have 10 free licenses at Manafun. And what people don't understand is Salesforce is pretty complicated. And to get things set up is um, pretty intense. And so through one of my interns, I have met the people at Docmation. Now, one of the things that I love about Docmation is they are communicative. They are responsive. They provide uh, structure in terms of this is what we are doing. This is the next phase. And they are just amazing at customer service. And so if you would like to be connected with an amazing company to help you get business solutions done, you can contact them at 908-854-4068 or at docmation.com. And we're back from our commercial break. Again, we always love and appreciate our sponsors. If you would like to be a sponsor of Food, Faith, and Feelings, please contact us at 770-495-9775. We totally thank you. And welcome back, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, Sarah, you were going to tell us uh, myth number two in terms of just typical dieting and dieting patterns. Yes. So it's some variation of fat makes you fat. So I've heard fat makes you fat, carbs make you fat, protein makes you fat, white bread makes you fat, potatoes make you fat, sugar makes you fat. So some variation in there. But chocolate does not make you fat. It's amazing. Here's how weight management works. It's calories in versus calories out. Calories out is kind of like what we discussed earlier, how your body burns calories through basic metabolism, which is stuff that happens in your body even while you're sleeping. Um, through activities of daily living, so just things like brushing your teeth and um, waving to somebody, and then intentional physical activity or exercise, whether you go running or participate in sports. So those are three different ways in which we um, burn calories. So that's calories out. And then calories in would be calories that you eat or drink. And so with weight management, um, it's calories in versus calories out. So if the calories that you're eating equals the calories that you're burning through those three different ways, basic metabolism, activities of daily living, and intentional physical activity. Um, if, they, if they're equal, you maintain your weight. If you're eating more calories than you're burning through those three different ways, then you're gaining weight. If you're eating less calories than you're burning, then you lose weight. 
purely for weight management, it doesn't matter where those calories come from. It doesn't matter if they come from fat, from carbs, from protein, from candy, from whatever. So just um, the way weight management works is it's just calories in versus calories out, no matter where those calories come from. So, for example, it, it could be possible to eat um, all your calories from Skittles or chocolate <laughs> and still maintain gain or lose weight. But obviously that's not healthy to have, you know, 100% of your calories coming from chocolate or candy. But purely for weight management, that would be possible. So it doesn't matter where your calories are coming from. Um, it's, it's the amount of calories that you're eating that can cause you to gain weight or lose weight or maintain your weight. So, okay, so let me just let me just kind of take what you just, this great little nugget that you just gave us. So basically what you're saying is all of these people that are going on this low-carb diet, right? They're not yes. eating, they're not eating carbohydrates. They're eating... Uh, the paleo diet or the 30 fit 30. I don't remember what it's called. Um, You're basically saying that it doesn't really it's okay. Carbs are out. However, all of the calories that are connected to those carbs are really out. I'm sorry. Say that again. So what you're saying is that when people are cutting out the carbs, right. And they think they're losing all this weight because they're not eating carbohydrates. It's because of the fewer calories that you're they're taking in versus the carbohydrates itself yes the main thing if you look at like diets that people say work the reason they work is because it's less calories so for example there's this um i don't know if you've heard of the military diet Mm -mm. okay so it's um, sort of a variation of a popular like three-day diet so it's this really (laughs) strict um you have to eat these exact foods at this time for three days. And then for the rest of the week, you can eat whatever you want as long as it's below a certain number of calories. So if you look at the foods that they prescribe, it's it's not the food that they prescribe because they're prescribing, they include ice cream and hot dogs and things like that, but it's the amount of calories because those calories are like, the total calories for the day are like 700 calories maybe or 1,100 calories. And where the average adult usually needs more like 1,900, 2,200 calories a day. And so it's just, it's not the, it's not the military diet in and of itself. It's not the food. It's the amount of calories that they're eating. They're just eating less calories, which is what causes the weight loss. Right. So let me, let me ask you this. This is a kind of a formula that I've told people because we know that the more frequently, because you, you typically recommend three snacks and three meals a day. Correct. Um, it depends on the person. I do recommend three meals per day for sure, and um, then usually at least one snack. It kind of depends on the person. Like some people have never been snack people, whereas other people are snack people. So, for example, I am a snack person, uh, like <laughs> two plus snacks a day. Whereas my mom is not a snack person; she does three solid meals a day. And so I just take that into account. But definitely, um, it's kind of like a matter of spacing and timing your meals mm-hmm. and snacks. So like I don't recommend ever going more than like four or five hours without eating. So right. kind of spacing your meals that way and then um, and then a snack to cover that if you need it. Well, what I've heard from other dietitians is that your body, if you're eating what your stomach can truly hold, not more, not less, but if you're, if you're eating just the, a normal, typical amount of food, that food is pretty much digested or out of your stomach within two to three hours. Is that correct? 
Generally, yes, but there's um, variations, especially with eating disorders. Um, yeah. It causes dysmotility, which is alteration in how fast or slowly your food digests. Yeah, but I'm just talking the normal, normative person. Yes. Um, so here's here's one of the things that I like to explain to people. So if you're going to eat, and, and I this is for round number purposes, an 1,800 calorie a day diet. And you break it down into three 600-calorie me- meals versus six 300-calorie meals. You would typically, because of metabolism, you might burn a little bit more eating six meals at 300 calories apiece versus the opposite. Would you say that is true or not? Yes. I wouldn't say it's something to... Um to worry about if you're not a six meal a day person. Um, but yeah, generally if you smaller, frequent, um, more frequent meals tends to boost your metabolism because what happens is that when your body starts to run low on energy, it's like, okay, we're starting to run low on energy. We need to conserve so that we can keep the heart and the brain running and keep this person alive. And so it'll start to, um, slow down. You'll start to feel more sluggish because it's, um, not burning as much calories. It's just conserving calories. And so, so basically, um, if you're, if you're constantly feeding yourself, so six times a day, you're avoiding, um, that shutdown. And whereas if you're going from like, I don't know if you've ever gone, uh, you've lunch wasn't until like three in the afternoon or whatever. And you had breakfast at seven or eight, um, you just start to get sluggish and maybe irritable. And that's when your, um, metabolism starts to go down just because it's like, okay, we need to conserve fuel. Right. Right. That's that four o'clock, three o'clock crash. Yes, exactly. Means eat some M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did yesterday. Anyway. Um, well, this has been phenomenal. Um, is there any uh, anything else that you would like for our listeners to know in terms of, you know, please absolutely do not do this or, you know, err on this side or whatever, in terms of their, just their daily intake and desire, maybe the desire to lose weight. Yeah. So, um, some general characteristics that I would just be aware of. Um, the first one would be in general, like, why are you wanting to lose weight in the first place? Is it a way of coping with feelings? Everything's feeling out of control. Um, that's the one thing you can control, or is it because, uh, maybe you fall into the overweight category and you're more at risk for, um, health issues, or is it a way of, um, do you base your worth on a certain number or do you fear that others won't accept you if you're not a certain weight? So first of all, why are you losing weight? And then just generally um, a healthy approach would be flexibility. So if you start to veer towards um, or you hear someone advocating for rigidity, so I mean you rigidity and rules. So like you cannot eat after this time at night. You have to have this number of whatever, you can't have that. That's not a healthy approach. Um, and then just uh, black and white thinking, being aware of that, which is, it would be like, um, I I didn't eat as healthy as I'd planned today, therefore I might as well go all in and just um, binge or uh, give up trying to lose weight altogether. Um, and then just some red flags, I would say, definitely pay attention to would be, are you feeling guilt, shame, or anxiety around what you eat? 
So guilt would be, I've done something wrong. Like I ate a food that I shouldn't have eaten. Shame would be, um, I am bad because I ate a piece of cake. And anxiety is like, what if I gain too much weight or what if I get sick from eating this and that kind of thing. So those would be like the red flags. Very, very, very good. Well, Sarah, it's been lovely having you. Um, I We are going to go to our verse of the week. The verse of the week is Isaiah 55, 2, which says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to, carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. But what I take away from that is food is important, but it's not the ultimate thing that will satisfy us. So if we're looking to get um, our worth or our satisfaction or peace out of food, ultimately it's not going to provide it, even though food is important. Very good. You've been so good. I just, I appreciate um, your wisdom and your, just everything that you do for MANA. And um, thanks for being a guest. And we will certainly have you back another, another time. No problem. This one. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.